The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. How are you, Charlie? Uh, good. It's like the, the first time you've asked me that question in the last five minutes. Yeah, it's not as if we already did five minutes of a podcast, made a series of fucking mistakes within five minutes. Probably more mistakes than we normally make in an entire episode within the first five minutes of it. And then I think my Zoom recorder based on the information that was being shared, said, well, if you two can't call a halt to this, I am going to do it on your behalf. And technology stepped in and just said, no, thank you. We're starting again. I mean, the amazing thing is this is not going out live. There was no reason for us to continue on uh, with you giving specific uh, directions to my house and so forth. We could have just stopped. You know, my favourite thing was I was like, I was telling an unexpected anecdote and I hadn't really thought through, you know, how much like this anecdote would reveal about where you lived. And then so I mentioned it and then tried to like immediately throw people off the scent by mentioning a whole bunch of other places. It was the worst cover story that anybody has ever tried to lay out there in history. If that threw even one person off the scent, then uh, that person really wasn't paying a lot of attention to the podcast. Yeah, the discussion did start uh, uh, around the Tofop studio and then spun off yes. into Will giving away my home address. And uh, complaining about my insurance issues. <laughs> it wasn't the strongest start to a Tofop that we've ever had. It became AM radio. Uh, the, the reason I, I did bring up the studio is um, it's, it's almost been, uh, like you say, a year since we yeah. bought this place. And so it's probably been about eight months since I built this studio and we are still yet to record uh, 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 Tofop or any podcast, even a two guys, one cup in the studio. In fact, I think there's only be, it's only been used as a dual studio, as in a podcast studio for two speakers twice. I had uh, Adam Zouar for my first Fofop was in here and Katie Diamond came around. Um, but since then, it's just me. It's just lonely old me in this uh, beautifully renovated studio with uh, the walls are just covered in James Fosdyke artwork. It's been soundproofed. And it's got to the point where Gemma's like, are you actually going to use that studio? Like when you said that you're building the studio for Tofop because you're taking up a lot of real estate and she's eyeing it off now as potentially like another bedroom. She's wondering if maybe we can gut the storage area where I've got all our equipment. She's like, I think we could put a bathroom in there. And I'm like, all right. Will and I either have to start recording in here more or I have to come up with another reason why this studio has to remain untouched. I thought it was my man cave. I thought that I had staked this area off, but unfortunately I'm losing that battle. Yeah, and I think that's the most important reason that we have to hang on to it. It's your space in the house. Yeah. Like it's your version of the garage and you don't want to be a garage guy. You're a part-time garage guy. Yeah. Like you're a guy who mostly is going to employ somebody else to do the heavy lifting in the garage department. You might have a little garage that you can poke around in, but you don't want that to be your entirety. Like no. my owner's like, mummy, where's daddy? He's in his garage and it's just this tiny little garage. You and a lawnmower <laughs> just yeah. sitting there crying. I'm never going to be the guy who's like in the garage with like, you know, a vintage car that I'm, you know, it's my no. project I'm taking years to fix. No, this, you're, you're tinkering with entertainment on the weekends. Yeah, that's, that's what this did... podcast is. You are an amateur broadcaster who just goes out in the shed on the weekends and tinkers around with entertainment. Um, yeah, it's the equivalent of the nerd who had a ham radio set, you know, in the 70s and 80s. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pirate radio in my little head. <laughs> I'm going... Exactly. And, and this is your pirate ship. You are sitting in your yeah. pirate ship and you are captain of that pirate ship and you do not want your pirate ship to be turned into a bathroom. Well, when I did um, come home, uh, I, I did have to throw myself straight back into the handiwork around the house. The house was actually kept in remarkable condition we had a few friends coming around and just doing little bits of things like watering the garden collecting the mail and stuff like that and there was a about a 10-day period where we had some friends come and stay about two weeks ago and when we got home they have left the house in such immaculate condition like we did not even leave the house in as good a condition as when we left like they had mopped the floors they'd cleaned the windows i'd clearly taken the fly screen off the windows to get to that 
hard to reach bit where the grit sometimes forms around. They cleaned all the tiles in the bathroom. And I was like, because I was just like, yeah, come stay at my place. It's fine. You know, they just need to get away from their parents for a bit. But now I'm thinking, can this be like a deal where rather than get hiring cleaners, can I just invite them to come stay for a weekend? <laughs> they do like a real thorough clean of the house each time. My question would be, what are they covering up for? Oh. Feels like too much. Oh, you reckon it was a party? Yeah, it feels like there was a party or something to do that sort of deep clean. Or at the very least, they've been fucking on everything. Yeah. Like they better get, better get that windowsill because remember, we fucked for 45 minutes on the windowsill. So you think if I got the UV light out and just went around yeah. the house, I'd be horrified. But well, you'd be they... fine now. But yeah. if if it had been like a week before, before they cleaned and you come in, you would have thought you were in Ghostbusters. There yeah. would have been so much ectoplasm splattered around your room. You're like, did a bunch of ghosts have an orgy in here? I'm just like, how did they come up the exhaust fan? That's impossible. <laughs> Not impossible if you're in lockdown in a beautiful place and you need to get creative. You're like, we're going to get a cleaner in anyway. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, the other thing I had to tend to was the garden. Um, uh, spring is in full bloom and we have this lovely wisteria that sort of like uh, grows over the front of the house, which had gone a bit wild. I, without thinking, I just grabbed the, the secateurs. How do you say? Secateurs? Secateurs. Secateurs. What, what are they called? Come on. Secret, secateurs. Secateurs? Secateurs. Secateurs. The, the, the uh, garden scissors. Not secateurs. That's like the three secateurs. That's like a... The, um, the knockoff brand. Of- yeah, secret, secateurs. So secateurs. Now, now that you've said it all those ways, I actually cannot say it. Podcast, Mike, can you just uh, Google the correct pronunciation of secateurs? How do you even spell it? I don't even what know. What would your guess be? Like, let's guess how you spell secateurs. All right, I'll go first. All right, secateurs. Um, <laughs> A-S-S... <laughs> S E C Seca S-E-C-E-R-S. U T I. Okay. You do it. Guess. I have no idea how you spell secretaries. That's what Oh, is it secretaries is an S C S S C E C Sec I fuck I don't know. Okay, here we go. Mike's Mike goes, it's S E K A T E R E S. Secateurs. Secateurs. All right. So I busted out the secateurs yeah. and I hit this wisteria. And Iona uh, came out uh, to give Dad a hand. And so I was up the ladder cutting down the, the, the loose vines and dropping them on the ground. And she was putting them into a pile for me. And Gemma came out and she's like, Is that safe? Like, uh, is, is that fine? And I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Like, why would anyone <laughs> hang wisteria all over the front of the house in the doorway? If it was poisonous. So Jim goes back in the house, comes up two minutes later and says, yeah, it's apparently it's very yeah, poisonous. Deadly <laughs> poisonous. Like if you ingest it, can be yeah. fatal. Uh, even through the skin, you can absorb it, can cause like a rash or whatever. And I was so, it was like the grass grubs all over again, where I was so convinced having no horticultural experience in my life. Just silence. You know what I was like? I was like a dude who looked at the coronavirus and was like, I reckon it's not that it's bad. It's just like a common cold, isn't it? Like this wisteria is just like any cold. other plant that won't kill you if you eat it. It's, it, it's green. Looks like buffalo grass. Looks like long buffalo grass. Why would they grow it outdoors if it was poisonous? <laughs> it makes no sense. And so I, I did, so I trimmed it all and I wasn't wearing gloves or anything. So I only went inside, Jimmy gave no. her a good scrub down. And I was still maintaining that it wasn't that bad because I checked out the, mm. the the Wikipedia entry as well. And it was like, you know, generally it's the seeds. If you eat the seeds uh, or part of the plant, that can be when it's really, it shouldn't be ingested, but can cause rash, diarrhea, you know, rash, uh, uh, dizziness, all this kind of stuff. And then I spent the rest of that night, like uh, a character from The Thing, just paranoid that the wisteria had got into my bloodstream. Like I, I was sort of feeling a bit, a bit not right. And I'm like, oh, is that like, oh, is, is it going to my bloodstream? Is this it? Am I, I going <laughs> to die? <laughs> like if I, and the, uh, the, the conversation I was having in my head was, I will not admit to Gemma that I was sick. Like I was like, no, even, no, no, that's why you die. Yeah. It'd be extremely treatable if you actually just went and got medical attention, but you refuse to ask for said medical attention because you don't want, you want to prove a point. Yeah. Well, I, because I, I, even when she showed me the, the page entry, I was like, oh yeah, but it says ingested it's poisonous. I'm sure yeah. it'll be fine, you know. And um, and I have cut that wisteria in the past and not noticed any discomfort, but I'd cut a lot more this time because it was so overgrown. Mm. And I was sitting there getting like stomach pains and feeling every little itch on my arm. I'm like, oh my God, here it comes. And then in my head, I'm like, 
how do I take the car to get to the hospital without without mm. her knowing? But <laughs> do I have to wait till she goes to sleep and yeah, then good. No, put, good plan. put the car into neutral and roll it down the driveway so she doesn't hear me leave? Get to the hospital, get whatever treatment I need, come back and slide back into bed without her knowing? Yeah, I mean, without her knowing is a generous interpretation of how that would go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she would find out at some stage and call you and be like, where the fuck are you? And you'd be like, I'm at the hospital. I'm worried that I'm dying in a wisterious way. And I, I've, I've checked myself in. They're pumping my blood. Now, well, speaking of uh, mysterious things, uh, when we are uh-huh. recording this, it is the uh, spookiest time of the year. It is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um we should rebrand this. Do you hate all those, uh, the way the rebrandings happen around uh, Halloween where everything's like it's a spooktacular? That's my least favourite of the Halloween puns. Spooktacular. It's, that's my Clawson awesome. To me, it is not close enough to spectacular for you to get away with a spooktacular episode. I feel like, though, when it comes to Halloween rebranding, all bets are off. Right. Like it feels like close enough, good enough. It's one night of the year. Like normal rhyming rules don't apply on Halloween would be my suggestion because like people don't have to have real, I think, and the Simpsons are partly responsible for this, right? You change all the names of the writers and the producers at the end to like spooky names. Mm. You can't just get those completely accurate all the time without, you know, taking a few liberties with the language, right? Yeah. And so... I think that's just broadened out into society. The Simpsons predict everything, including people using really bad Halloween puns. Well, The Simpsons is one of the only forms of entertainment where there is a famous Clawson. Alf Clawson, of course, is the composer Mm -hmm. of The Simpsons. But I can't remember what his spooky name was. Podcast Mike, can you just Google what uh, Alf Clawson's Halloween name is on The Simpsons? What would yours be? Kill, kill... Kill it. I mean, okay, so does it have to be more than kill? Kill kill man, Disson. Man and son. Kill kill man and son. Kill man and son. Kill man and... (laughs) That's not bad, actually. (laughs) I mean, Charlie Clawson could be like chill, chiller, claw. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Claw, son. This chiller will claw your son. It's a what about lot of Na- Nali Gorson? Oh, yeah, Nali Gorson. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's better. Um, the reason I bring it up, Will, is there is a, a website called Unexplained Occurrences, which is where they grab some of the more bizarre posts on the Reddit paranormal forum where people just uh, ask questions about paranormal encounters. So I th- I've, I've selected a few that I thought we could discuss. I mean, as people are listening to this, it's probably, what, three days past Halloween, so you're probably in your post-Halloween funk. So allow us to just give you a a nice little epilogue to your Halloween. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend um, partying in your whatever revealing outfit, whatever sexy version of like Buzz Lightyear or whatever that you went to your party in. This is a little, just a little, an after-dinner mint for your Halloween experience. Buzz Lightyear, by the way, if you were going to go with a horny costume, I would dress as a vibrator, but also in the costume of Buzz Lightyear. And the joke would be Buzz like a vibrator Lightyear. And that would take you to infinity and beyond. (laughs) Alf Clawson. The Halloween names have changed over the years, but here are a few. Uh, Podcast Mark's typing furiously or cutting and pasting furiously. Here we go. Sheer Sheer Terror Clawson. I don't get that. Mm, Okay. Alf Clawson to Sheer Terror? I mean, Alf is almost Mm. like alien life form Clawson. That would be the most obvious one, right? Yeah. Sheer Terror Clawson. G-Daddy... Claws. This isn't that these none of these sound like a particularly <laughs> ours were better. All I'm saying is that ours were better. They sound like grinder <laughs> handles. Clawson's haste management. Do you reckon mm. Alf Clawson came up with his own one and the Simpsons writer's like, fuck, does he not get the joke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, in, he's so far off the mark with all of these. Clawson's haste management. <laughs> Would you know that was a Halloween name? No, it sounds like his side business. Mm. Is that it? That Mike? might be it. Okay, that's it. That's it. I know. Oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> We're calling out the Simpsons. Gnarly Gore Son. It was heaps better. Will. Um, okay. okay. So this first post. Uh, the heading is: Can you throw hands with a ghost? Do you know what throw hands is? Well, are you familiar with it? Not really. If I'm being if I'm being honest, I don't think I do know what throw hands means. Uh, throw hands means to punch on. 
Oh, throw hands. Yeah, I wasn't. Come get these hands. I wouldn't have been close. No. <laughs> so this Reddit person wants to know: Can you throw hands uh-huh. with a ghost? There's a ghost that's been harassing me, and I think trying mm. to possess me. And I feel this presence in my house, and I'll get nightmares and feel like something is standing over me when I try and sleep, but only at my house. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to fight a ghost, mm-hmm. or at least get rid of it forcefully? Mm. I'm tired of it. And I ain't scared of no ghost. No. He got problems. I want to solve them. So it's not just me. Everyone who comes over to my house says they feel watched or feel a bad aura presence. So I just know mm. it's not in my head. But I ain't playing games no more. <laughs> what I love about this post is it works not only as a, a question, a call for help, but also a threat <laughs> to the ghost in case the ghost is on Reddit. Right. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like this is written like out loud, like that he dictated this letter so that the ghost could hear it. Right. Yeah. Do you reckon that's what he did? Just typing very loudly at his computer? He's <laughs> just like, and I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> Do you think anyone, like, has there been a movie where someone has punched a ghost? Is it possible to punch a ghost? Has it been in popular culture? Is there so the Ghostbusters trapped them using some kind of like yeah. ele- electric gun? And what else was there? Well, how do you didn't, normally battle a did ghost? Did Patrick Swayze like as a ghost like didn't he move things or be able to touch? Yes. Like wasn't there some he sort could, of he could punch other ghosts? Mm. So that's what this guy needs to do. Okay, so Hire ghost. ghost so you have man. to. He has to. He has to take his own life if he's really dedicated to this. <laughs> well, it is Reddit. I haven't seen the replies. I imagine that was the very first yeah. suggestion. I mean, to any post on yeah. Reddit, <laughs> that suggestion yourself. does not matter. Here's my Ted Lasso biscuits recipe. Take your own life. It's or Reddit. He could flatline. Is it? He could. Oh, yeah. No, that's better. There's a lot of doctors who listen Mm. to Tofot. Maybe they could get in touch with this guy. They could offer to flatline him. Uh, How long is flatline? This is, by the way, a great idea for a movie. (laughs) A dude who is like, it's kind of flat, Flatliners meets Ghostbusters meets John Wick. Well, meets Nightmare on Elm Street as well. The idea of going yeah. to the netherworld to fight a devil. But this, it, essentially, who's this guy who's basically, he's made it his mission to like go under and punch the fuck out of any ghost <laughs> that needs to have fists, what, hands thrown at him. Yeah. Throwing hands. We call it throwing hands at ghosts. That's the name of the film. No, I reckon you just got to put it in front street. It's a bit like Snakes in a mm. Plane. I reckon the film should just be called I Want to Punch a Ghost. Yeah, Ghost Puncher. Yeah, Ghost Puncher. <laughs> and whatever his name is, Elf Clawson, Ghost Puncher. <laughs> All right, this uh, next submission uh-huh. um, uh is under, it's a subreddit, it's um, paranormal subreddit DMT. Okay, great. Um, Anyone else getting Amazon ads when they're breaking through? It's Mm. happened to me in my last three trips. The second one Mm. was when I was on ayahuasca. Right as I break through my trip, it's paused for a vivid five-second Amazon ad featuring Jeff Bezos. Am I the only one? Yes. (laughs) Or do you reckon that's what Bezos has been working on in his secret lair? That's why he's going to space. Yeah, we're getting distracted by... He's actually going up for his ayahuasca technology. Would not doubt me in any way if he does a bunch of ayahuasca or like DMT. Like a lot of those sort of Silicon Valley futuristic billionaire dudes are expanding their thinking by experimenting with psychedelics. He strikes me as one of those dudes. Like, so... Has he looked at that and thought, here's an opportunity for me to put some branding into people's uh, um, ayahuasca trips? Like, I wouldn't put it beyond him, but I'm not sure that that would be possible. Well, I reckon that there could be, I mean, it's maybe something that they've experimented with. Like in that book that I uh, talked about previously, Chaos, that uh, Charles Manson book, where it turns out that Charles Manson was part of these kind of CIA mind experiments in the 60s where they were experimenting with, uh, was it auto-suggestion and psychedelics? Like, can you mm. control people's minds by giving them a mix of... Um... Just for the record, for people who've been playing along with this, have you finished yeah, the Yeah, I finished it. Oh, yeah. nice. It was extremely mm. unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, uh, much like real life, there are no, there are no, there's no happy endings and there's just more questions. <laughs> it really was... And the thing was, the, the author of the book, and this is, I guess it's spoilers, but it's not spoilers because in the first chapter, that's what the author says. Hey, look, this book is not like, you know, it's not tied up in a neat bow. This, this has been like a, a project that has driven me the better part of insane over the last 20 years. So just forewarning you. And it is so, uh, it's such a procedural book. There are so many like 
cops and shady doctors and operatives and stuff whose names you've got to remember and stuff like that. And so you're putting all this effort in and all you want is just like a nice, neat Shyamalan ending where it's like, and then we caught Charles Manson and the guy from the CIA was arrested and it's a happy ending, but it's no. It's like all these threads could mean something or it could mean nothing. Yeah. It's the true crime podcast uh, tactic. Okay, so well, with the DMT yeah. thing, like I've done it and you take some real-world stuff into like this – you know, other world, right? Like whether it be like, you know, you know, cubist images or like woodland creatures or whatever it is that you're experiencing that is clearly of, feels like it's of other dimensions, but you still like, there's your own life in there as well. And things that you've been thinking about and talking about and whatever. So like, if you've just been shopping on yeah. Amazon a lot, like, is there a way that your subconscious might like you know, I mean, that might be a flag of it just going, hey, the biggest issue that you have to deal with in this like psychedelic trip, because often that's the case, right? Somebody's like, yeah, there's one particular thing that you're trying to unlock or that your subconscious wants to go, hey, this is the thing that you should be thinking about. Maybe it is your relationship to consumerism or shopping or like, you know, how you feel about the world being taken over by you know, these billionaires, this in incredible inequality there is in the world. I mean, there, there could be an element of that, I guess, that would manifest itself in an Amazon well, that makes ad. makes sense. I mean, yeah, Amazon is so prevalent in society. And that's all we discuss on this show is AI and the fact that we get targeted advertising and how do they know that I need this. So it makes sense that in your subconscious that's locked away. I have a question for you. If the government suddenly legalized all drugs because they've been lobbied by Amazon, because Amazon, Amazon mm -hmm. said, we've invested heavily in psychedelics. And so we want, we're gonna put pressure on you to legalize them. So you can take whatever you want, ayahuasca, mushrooms, whatever it is, and it's completely within your own domain, but you have to watch a five second ad just before you break through. Are you okay with that? Does it turn you off psychedelics? What's your reaction? When's the ad? It's just as I'm breaking through? Just just as you're breaking through. You still have your normal trip afterwards, but you have to sit through five seconds of Amazon targeted I mean, advertising. I'm willing to sit through it to watch a fucking honest trailer on YouTube, so I reckon I'd be willing to sit through it for a, like, you know, psychedelic trip that taught me something about the existence of, you know, of myself in, in the universe. Yeah, I reckon I could probably sit through. All right, this next one uh, is uh, – uh, this is – taken this is a screen grab this has been taken from a i guess it's like a local paper or something a man reported seeing a bigfoot like figure on three glowing or metallic red balls hovering over the freeway about 75 yards in the air the witness slowed his vehicle to about 10 miles an hour to get a better view when the figure began to fly north across a wheat field okay so just yeah let's just run me through it, it again so bigfoot. yeah run me through what you think so, happening here <laughs> a bigfoot sitting on three glowing or metallic mm -hmm. red balls is hovering above a freeway about 75 yards in the air. A witness has... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unlikely, I would say. Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely that this Reddit forum is the first time we're hearing about this, if it indeed happened. A witness has seen this, has seen this Bigfoot, mm -hmm. this, um, you know, mm -hmm. generally, if you're unfamiliar with what a Bigfoot looks like, because there is an artist impression. It's a giant gorilla, an upright gorilla. Okay. Um, mm. and it's sitting on three red balls, like the balls that um, David Bowie plays with in Labyrinth, you know, the, mm -hmm. and they're, but they're red and metallic. Um, mm. so, he, so they're stacked end on end? No, three, uh, no, in a triangle. Okay. In a triangle, and he's sitting on top of the, the, the triangle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not all stacked. Right. Two on the, they're all, not stacked. They're, so they're not, all, oh, okay. You know what I mean? They're in a, arranged in a triangle. If they're flat on a okay. pool table, they're just one, two, three flat on the ground. Not, okay. okay. But he's sitting sort of what, in the, on one of them or no, in, the in the middle of, the middle of all three? In the, in, the, okay. in the apex or the vortex. Or, mm. Adam Spencer's going to fucking come at me for getting apex and vortex wrong because oh, I man. feel like that's his great pleasure now is fact-checking <laughs> me, my inability to fucking calculate dates and, and leap years and shit like that. So have at it, Spence. That one's just for you. I don't know what a vortex or an apex is. Uh, okay. So the witness sees it drifting across a wheat field. I would like to know what pace it was drifting. What does it say? Um, he slowed his vehicle to about 10 miles per hour to get a better mm. view. It doesn't say how how fast the, the, the Sasquatch is floating. He could only see 
the back of the creature and it was solid mm-hmm. black with what appeared to be a suit or a hairy cloak <laughs> uh, sitting on appeared to be three spheres connected together. These large round ball-shaped objects had a candy apple metallic glow to them. Uh-huh. Shocked, he pulled over. Do you reckon this is the same guy who took the ayahuasca? <laughs> this is what yeah, he should not take ayahuasca and drive. That's the message. Shocked, I pulled over, watched a short video for Amazon, and then got straight back to the Bigfoot on the balls. <laughs> you know, that's the last thing you want is a Bigfoot on your balls. I mean, this even just the like, like I've never heard of the idea of a Bigfoot floating around on giant balls. This feels like a whole brand new twist to the mythology of your Bigfoot. Your Bigfoot is traditionally lingering mysteriously in the woods, right? Yeah, it feels like they have merged two mythos, mythoses, mythologies. So there is a thing called orbs. Have you heard about orbs? So No. Some people report glowing orbs, so they'll post videos and it's just like, it's like a ball of light that appears, you know, and flicks around and and disappears. Oh, yeah. The sun. (laughs) Are they talking about the sun? No, generally, like, it'll happen indoors. Um, Uh It looks like it's just like a a trick of light is playing on a camera lens or something like that. But there's people Mm -hmm. who believe they're spirits or or something supernatural. So it feels Mm -hmm. like someone has taken ayahuasca and merged their love of Bigfoot with their love of orb mythology um, i've never heard them being red and apple metallic um okay this is where it gets weird <laughs> <laughs> shocked the driver pulled over and he could see what appeared to be a dead dog possibly a black and white sheltie hanging to the left side of the vehicle from a rope <laughs> so bigfoot is just floating along on his orbs and he's maybe caught himself some lunch and he's hanging that lunch from the side of his orbs with a rope. So he's like fishing or something. I guess he's been so. like floating around on his orb with a fishing line picking up dogs. Is that? It sounds like, I mean, the artist's impression is, yeah, it looks like that. He's been hunting and he's caught this dog and now it's bound to him. It, this is like a low rent version of the Jeepers Creepers monster. This is what it feels right. like. You know, for 30 days. Does it? Is there a chance that maybe he just forgot he has a dog and he just forgot it was tied up to the balls when he took it off? Oh, no. Like (laughs) vacation, National Lampoon's vacation. (laughs) That'd be awful. Um, Okay, possibly. I mean, if the Bigfoot was drunk, if the Bigfoot had taken ayahuasca. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I mean, let's combine them all. The figure then flew across the field towards Smith Road where the witness jumped into his car and sped northeast on Sapley Road, where he turned and proceeded to speed at around 70 miles an hour towards Smith Road. I'm confused by that. He got there, turned left, cutting the figure off so he could see it Mm -hmm. better. At this point, he realized, uh, at this point, the Sasquatch realized the witness was following it and Mm -hmm. turned around (laughs) and flew in a more (laughs) westerly direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, The driver could not get in a position to see it again after that. Unlikely. I'm just going to stick with unlikely. Now, that, some, that just doesn't doesn't even f- follow any sort of okay. narrative or logic at all. Someone earnestly tells you that story, mm. like someone that you trust, mm-hmm. someone like who's yeah. a, a no-nonsense friend of ours. I think the sentence that you're actually meant to be saying is someone that I used to trust <laughs> and I'm now suspicious about. But honestly, do, do, what is your first thought is like, mm. is it mental illness? Is it drugs or alcohol like you go to the logical conclusions first right yeah i mean look here's what i will say people see things and when you see things with your own eyes regardless of whether they might be like you said a trick of the light or like you know there are a myriad of natural and scientific explanations for things that every day that we dismiss as being supernatural so my immediate thought process would be Yes, something mysterious happened. I'm not sure exactly what it was that was mysterious that you saw, um, but I my I would doubt that it was a sasquatch on three glowing apple balls floating through the with field a with a dead dog hanging from it that somehow was unobservant enough to not notice that you were trying to chase it down until you finally got there. But it's so specific. Yeah. Like, it's so specific. You know, generally when people make stuff up, mm-hmm. like, they, they borrow off what's in popular culture. I mean, mm-hmm. that I've never heard anything like that. It's a mashup, so, though. It's just a mashup. Yeah, it's yeah, not like it's right. introduced a whole bunch of new elements. And just because 
no one's ever said it before doesn't mean that it must be true. In fact, by the very scientific method and logic, it might indicate that if nobody's ever witnessed it before, then the likelihood that it isn't true and that it's just explained by something else, right? I am a real Halloween sport sport, by the way, guys. <laughs> well, there was that story that was, um, it gets reposted every Easter. It uh-huh. was a, it was one of those head, like classic headlines where it was, um, there's an accident on a freeway uh, there was an inflatable Jesus that was attached to mm-hmm. a truck. It was like a, a balloon and it got set free and some like fundamentalist Christian thought it was the rapture and stopped their car and got out. And so I can sort of see that kind of thing confusing you. So I don't know, maybe there was a Sasquatch like, an, like outside a car dealership or something. Yeah, A Sasquatch sitting on pumpkins for Halloween. That makes sense. Right. And it floats into the air. And so this guy who's maybe, you know, Maybe he takes a little medication. Maybe he's had a couple of drinks or whatever. You could talk yourself. Or maybe he's completely sober and you just see <laughs> a, a giant Sasquatch that normally, you know, advertises secondhand cars floating by on what used to be pumpkins were actually just big round orbs that the, um, like balloons. Yeah. That like helium balloons, they're helium-filled balloons that they'd put sort of pumpkin paper mache around the yep. edges of, but that's kind of like just, you know, fallen off. Yeah, and someone's and tied their dog to it before the Dog to it, store. yeah, that explains the dog. <laughs> there you go, sold. <laughs> Wear your scullies. You don't need a mortar. Uh, okay, this headline, this next one is, uh, a woman says beep, but mm. nobody's there. Okay. I was riding my mini bike on my aunt's farm and I stopped mm. to take a picture of the cows. I stop, take a couple of pictures, I look at the pictures, then beep. A softly spoken woman says, beep. I turn around because I thought it was my sister or my cousin, but nobody was there. It's just me and about 10 cows, only one being close to me. There were trees every five-ish feet that you can see past. I went back and forth looking for someone, but found no possible place that sound could have come from. But let's be – it's just photos. She hasn't taken video and on the background of this video no, there's a woman. She's taking saying, photos and she just hears beep. Yep. So there's no documented yep. evidence of this. Beep is – I mean, this is barely even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is – I How? imagine shit like this happens like to me – Five times a day, yeah. I hear some noise that I can't explain or some voice that I don't quite understand or whatever. And you're just like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like just the wind blew somebody's voice over or something. But beep is probably the most like in, uh, indiscernible sound. Like beep could be anything. It could be tree yeah. branches beep. rubbing against each other. It could be like you're on a farm. It an could insect. be the electric fence. Absolutely, an insect. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it could be, yeah, some bit of machinery that's near the electric fence that actually gives off a beep every now and again. But it could just be, yeah, things rubbing together in nature can sound like beep. What I love too is she said it's a female voice. Mm. And yeah. it's like, well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe mm. it was just like a high-pitched male ghost saying beep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that is a good point, right? But also, maybe it was like a male bird that has a high-pitched voice. Or maybe it was the cow. Like, wouldn't that be the great irony? This fir- this mm. is the first cow to learn English. And it's yeah. like it's been working itself up to make contact. Because she said there was one cow behind her. It's gone up. It's like, okay. Here's the best I can muster, beep. And this woman idiot turns around and is like, oh, it's not the cow. That's the first place I'd go. Say it again, cow. You know what? It wouldn't be an unlikely word for a cow to learn. If say, 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 for example, you're working on the principle that cows could say moo, essentially some version of moo. It doesn't quite sound like moo, but yeah, let's give it you know, some version of moo. So, you know, you've got a kid, you see how they learn to talk. They like obviously start with shorter words first, like things that they might hear a lot are things that they're going to like use initially. Cows are constantly being beeped by cars, by motorbikes, particularly a high-pitched beep. If like a farmer's rounding up the cows on a motorbike, that motorbike would have a high-pitched beep that they would beep to get the cows going. So maybe she actually met the world's first like cow that was trying to evolve like human language. Yeah. It was trying to communicate with us and she thought it's a fucking <laughs> it's, it's ghost. A fucking it wasn't. Ghost. It was just a super smart cow. Uh, okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Mm. I'm freaking out. Today I watched a video in which they referred to the actor Chris Pratt's name and I was mm. like, who is Chris Pratt? Then I thought, but isn't his name Chris Bratt? But then I went on Google and it is Pratt. The weirdest thing is that the more I read Pratt, 
the more it feels like it's always been Pratt. Am I mistaken? <laughs> I add that I've never really been interested in good uh, in good actors' surnames before, so it could just be confusion. Well, I love that this person. I have some. I have some good news and some bad news. <laughs> is so convinced that they were right that it's been Chris Pratt this whole time, and everyone else is wrong. Yeah, every other bit of the internet that only refers to him as Chris Pratt because that's his name. She's like, he or she is like, is it a man or a woman? Uh, this person doesn't say, doesn't give it a name. Humor uh, more. Okay. Um, okay. Don't know if it could be any. Um, I mean, that to me is is weird. Like, I can understand that you might have misheard it, but the idea that you think you're right and everybody else, you even acknowledge in your letter that you're not paying a lot of attention to. What was it? Good actors' surnames. Yeah, good actors' surnames. I've never been really interested or good in actors' oh, surnames, so she's never okay. been really good. Yeah, about you know remembering names. <laughs> it's essentially what she's saying, or he's saying, or they are saying. Uh, it's so crazy too because she's trying. They. I don't know why I keep saying she. I think it's yeah. the, the female ghost has right. possessed me. <laughs> they have been saying um, uh, they're trying to. They're trying to Mandela effect it, but I'd reverse Mandela effect it. Like it's not a Mandela effect. Mandela effect tends to be like a group delusion. <laughs> she, yeah, no, she, this they, is it, this is more gaslighting. It's ghostlighting. Yeah. They're trying to be like, and it's not, why is it even? Why is it even on this forum? Because this is not spooky unless this person believes that like ghosts have come in and like changed the timeline or something. Uh, that's a good point. So this has been taken from a subreddit of the supernatural one called Retcon, okay. which I believe is a Mandela effect subreddit mm -hmm. sorry okay um do you think that there was a con some confusion with the actor benjamin bratt benjamin bratt chris pratt they don't look alike they're different general they're different ages it's not like chris hemsworth chris pine chris pratt you can mix those guys up benjamin bratt not close enough to chris pratt right if you just i mean there's a fair distance between pratt and bratt even in just like the time that they've been famous actors. Like there was a period of time, you're Benjamin Bratt, because didn't he date like Julia Roberts mm. at one stage? And he was like he was the on, hunk, you know, a couple of big the hunk he of was like on a couple of big shows. Yeah. He was like, you know, you might have known who Benjamin Bratt was. But I would have thought that this particular person who's already said that they don't pay a lot of attention to, you know, <laughs> actors last names. names of people, <laughs> actors' names. I'm not sure that they would have paid a lot of attention to the actor Benjamin Bratt. Well, not enough to confuse him with Christopher Pratt. Uh, okay, this next one is a two-parter. This is the subreddit uh, of aliens. Mm. The question, Will, and the subject is, will the aliens be hot? Mm. Genuine question. With mm. all the UFO stuff going on, I can't help but question if the aliens are going to be hot. Of mm. course, the initial reaction would be no. But it got me thinking, if Earth requirements are the requirements for life everywhere, what are the odds that aliens would have evolved somewhat humanoid and therefore have a chance to be attractive? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know what the answer to this is. But um, unlikely, I think, that the, the exact same, because we are not perfectly suited to the environment in which we live. No. Like, we have survived this environment because of some aspects of us working together to build, you know, protections and buildings and infrastructure and society and these sort of things that have made us, because we weren't like, you know, we're not top of the food chain if just like one-on-one. -on -one. I've yeah. said it before, I'll say it again, and I'm proud to say it. Just no human being, no matter how good they are at throwing hands, wins in a fight with a lion. Yeah. Like it just doesn't work like that, you know. So would they necessarily look like us? like or develop like us. I can't imagine that that logically follows. But let's just explore this thought. Okay. That we are visited on Earth by a version of us, but just like a more advanced in the future, in the same way as people are getting taller and smarter as the generation. Do you want to pick, you want to pick a like from, from popular culture? Like are they avatar humanoids? Are they the sort of greys, the, the classic big-eyed, tall, slender greys? Oh, well, I don't think they're like that at all. I actually think okay. so... Say that they're just a couple of generations in front of us. So look at what like, like a 50-year-old man looked like, you know, at the, in the 1900s versus what a 50-year-old man often looks like, you know, in the year 2020, right? There's been a significant yeah. advance. You'd almost, if you dropped, 
you know, Brad Pitt into the 1900s, he would appear like an alien if he's like, yeah, I'm 50. And they'd be like, you are not fucking 50. You are not. <laughs> right? So I imagine, and and we're getting taller and smarter every generation. That's like yeah. what happens. So let's just say you go on two, three, four generations from where we are. So we're already going into space now. We go another couple of generations on from now. So we're, we're kind of taller, hotter, younger looking versions of us basically is what we are visited sure. by so a smarter hotter younger looking version of us okay are you saying that actually they are from earth is this kind of like a time no no scenario? i'm just saying in the evolution of like using this logic the that species, in the evolution yeah. of the species they were just around a little bit longer so they've advanced you know more generations that we have but in kind of a similar sort of way i think the more interesting question is if they look nothing like us but they arrive and they are sentient and they uh, can communicate with us and, um, you know, they maybe they even integrate with us. Maybe we start with trading, you know, and then maybe some start repopulating here and we start repopulating on their planet. So it's a kind of fairly harmonious exchange. The, of course, there's going to be some kind of interspecies unions. Like you can't help. Like I think that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so just say they're like giant cockroaches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like the men in black monster, the Vincent D'Onofrio. So I think there'd be some initial repulse, you know, just that instinctive, you look nothing like us, I am repulsed. And then as we got to know them, I think I could see myself falling in love with cockroach. a giant cockroach, yeah. you know, like if they, if they, you know, if you get to mm -hmm. know them, you know, maybe it's the, it's all about the personality, you know, you, you start a, a relationship via intergalactic right. text. It's, Intergalactic Tinder. You just, you know. Yeah, well, you're not going to meet yeah, each other online. No. You've just been communicating. You get to have a relationship first. And then by the time that you meet each other, you're like, well, I know that you're beautiful inside. So the fact that I'm about to put my cock into a cockroach <laughs> isn't as repulsive to me as it was six months ago. Did we tell you that our species uh, eat the male after <laughs> after copulation? Did we mention that? Oh, like, yeah, down. that's why I'm here. Yeah. That's actually the main reason I've signed up to this. I've got to punch a ghost. I'm kind of already late. <laughs> so if you could just get this over and done with. <laughs> uh, okay, so the second part to this is a different person under the same thread. Mm -hmm. The question they're asking is, will aliens find humans? attractive or ugly so in the future when we do make contact with aliens out there in space optimistically mm -hmm. i believe we are not alone otherwise that would be more frightening Ooh, welcome to reality mm -hmm. <laughs> that's all random <laughs> it is all random there is nothing out there will they find us attractive or ugly based on our looks will we face discrimination if they consider us ugly i think if they're more advanced maybe they've gone beyond the superficial, like, you know, if they respect, well, then again, think about humans as a species and what we've done to this planet and how we treat each other. Maybe they would go, they're ugly on the inside and the outside. Yeah, I mean, Jane's Addiction had it half right when they said we'd make great pets, but I don't actually think that we would make great pets because look at us, we are terribly behaved. We'd be rubbing our bum on the equivalent of Earth's carpet the entire time. <laughs> they're not going to invite us to the Galactic Conference anytime soon. Uh, okay, uh, this next one. Is uh, the heading is a rubber a, a car rubber banded in front of me, and um, this is kind of appropriate because it uh, involves one of our sponsors. As I approached an intersection while door dashing a couple of days ago, <laughs> a white sedan that was coming to a stop at a red light in a perpendicular lane suddenly shot forward in a blur, phasing through the cars in front of it. Then it slowly moved back to its original position and continued its deceleration as if nothing had happened. The movement was so bizarre and physics shattering that it could only be described as rubber banding, <laughs> which is a common occurrence when playing video games online with a faulty internet connection. Uh -huh. I've yeah. seen some glitches before, but this was the most bizarre ones since my time slip in college. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> Your witness, Your Honor? <laughs> so the first time I experienced time slip was at a party in college. So this is under the uh, the subreddit of Glitch in the Matrix. This is people who've experienced real-time uh, glitches in the simulation. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, look, you know, there is a school of thought that, they're, you know, we're all in some giant simulation, and if so, there might be glitches. But my gut instinct, again, these I, I've seen all these things. None of these things actually seem that surprising to me. No. Like, don't you think when you go through in your life, you do see a whole bunch of weird and unexplainable things? But 
I think that if you're actually paying attention, so many things you see every day you couldn't explain. Like that's the thing that people come here and go, I can't explain this. And I'm just like, well, that's I don't know, explain yeah, explain that. Explain why that tree like has flowers on it now when it didn't have it on yesterday. I don't know how that happened either, but it um, happens. I, I have never had one of these experiences. Like not even close. Like I've had dreams that felt kind of real or, you know, felt like they were premonitions or weird occurrences and coincidences and, and stuff. But I'm totally envious of those friends of mine who are like, oh, yeah, no, I've seen a ghost. And I'm always like, describe it. Like, what was it like? And like, did you, I just, I can't comprehend what it's like to be, have that much conviction in something that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do. Dis- like, I, I would love to be that that one doubting Thomas when you know the 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 veil of, of reality is ripped away and it proved that all these things are true. And I was the one doubting Thomas. I'm more than happy to put my hand up in that instance. But I, I've never had that experience, and I'm envious of people who have had that because I think it'd be amazing to have a supernatural experience and feel like you've touched the void or communicated with someone from another dimension. Like even in my most kind of like altered states, I've always been aware that oh, maybe this is just some kind of, this is my brain, you know, working through some stuff. I've never felt like I've traveled anywhere or met anyone or, or like had some kind of, I've had experiences that have changed my perspective, but nothing that's made me go, oh yeah, there's definitely like ghosts and they're around us all the time and I can contact them whenever I want. Oh yeah. I mean, I've had experiences that have, Similar experiences in other people have made them believe that, you know, like you said, we're living in a simulation or that there's all these degrees of, you know, reality that we can't access without the use of psychedelics or that, you know, there are aliens living amongst us that communicate with us. I've seen all those things. But mostly what I thought that was was probably some drug just acting on a bit of my brain that like made all those things happen in my head. It didn't really sign me up to some sort of, you know, mythology that it was like oh no this is all you know a revelation i say to people sometimes that in one of those trips i saw how i died but i didn't really see how i died Mm. my brain had a moment where it reconciled the idea that i was going to die and you know i had an idea in my brain of what that might look like when i would die but i don't think i actually saw myself die yeah no i always sort of feel like it's uh for me it's like my subconscious is laid out for me in a much uh, a much more clear and front of mind way. Whereas generally your subconscious acts without you being aware of it. It's a, it's a state where you're like, oh, okay. So these are the, these are the deeper messages. These are the things that have been bothering me, or these are the things that I need to move towards or all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, it's the same thing where when you settle back into reality and I'm totally uh, grateful for those experiences and think they've been very helpful, but I don't feel like that. I feel like those two worlds are completely separate and, I wish there was some way we could move the veil away. And I also think too that if there was some simulation, whether it's like mystic simulation or it's technological simulation, it would be terrible design to have the subjects of your simulation able to figure it out just by jumping online and, and Googling a few things. Like, don't you think you need to make it a bit more complicated and have a few more layers and a few more kind of encryptions? That we couldn't just go, oh, hey, man, I saw this film once about uh, uh, different versions of reality. Now I think I know how our reality works. <laughs> like, yeah. Unless that's the trick. Unless that's the encryption is like, oh, uh, we'll maybe let that's think. part of the simulation, man. Yeah. We've got to let them think that it's a different simulation. We've got to distract them. Okay, guys, well, we've that's... got to put out the matrix. Now, I did too good a job. Don't make the next one that good. <laughs> They're too far in. That's one of the fan theories about mm. this new Matrix films mm. is it will acknowledge the fact that there was a Matrix film because that's mm. a great way of putting people off the scent of a simulation is like, oh, because it's just like the Matrix. It's like, well, that's what the machines would want us to think because then anyone who brings up the idea of simulation would be dismissed as being someone who's just leveraging off a popular culture. Mm, that is some good self-justifying argument that people have been putting out there. <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay. This one uh, is called Upside Down Head Hopping. <laughs> this is what my mother heard about and saw in her childhood. The locals thought it was a medical illness at first. Basically, mm-hmm. an older person would hop or jump with his head on the ground. And this happened irrelevant of the time of day or night. And the locals would catch them, stop them from hopping. So I imagine it's like doing a headstand, but then pogoing mm-hmm. on your head, which I feel like I've seen a breakdancer do. I've seen them mm-hmm. spin on their head. And that to me seems like supernatural. But mm-hmm. 
have you seen anyone pogo on their head before? Mm -hmm. Must no. be possible. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes they would continue these hoppings and jumpings even after they'd been put to bed. Mm -hmm. I believe they were possessed by demons because it seems implausible to even think of it in physics terms. The locals back then were mostly simple folk, mm. so it's not their fault to think of these occurrences as an illness. There are other black magicians in Myanmar who would curse each who would curse other people, so it's also possible it could be a curse. Mm -hmm. Did anyone experience this or know someone who got this? I would love you to share your stories. Upside down head hopping, Will. Uh, no, never happened. 100% never happened. Your mum absolutely 100% made this up. This is just, it's, they would break their necks immediately. Like, yes, maybe there's some hip hop star, like in like some breakdancing star, I mean, who's like, you know, perfected and has like a neck head brace hop. and can like do a little head hop at the end of something where they're doing a whole bunch of 360s and backspins and stuff. Sure, I understand that. But if you are just some old person, <laughs> like who is hopping Don't about on your head, far. you are dying immediately. Like second hop, your neck snaps and you are dead. That is the end of this story. Well, that's good because I'm desperate to punch a ghost. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, last one. This is uh, – uh, well, it doesn't say what the subreddit is. Um, I was working a night shift and I rode a moped to work mm. and the headlight, headlight was fairly dim. But on the way home, I saw what can only be described as what looked like black pants mm -hmm. floating slowly just overhead but making a walking motion as they passed. I got a good look. And I still can't make head nor tails of what it actually was. And I'm sure as fuck not going back to double check. Okay, well, the case of the mysterious floating walking black pants. I mean, this could have happened. That's This one I'm willing to say at least could have happened. <laughs> well, I mean... There are so many things that this could have been. It could have been wind and he's just mistaken about the fact that it looked like they were walking. You know, some pair of pants is like flown by in the wind. It could be somebody making some sort of student film or any sort of thing where they literally have got like wire and they're, you know, like making this set of pair of pants. Like there are explanations, like it's some sort of kite that is in the shape yes. of a pair of pants or like you know those sort of things has a couple of you know kind of wind funnels that make it look like it's like there are so many things that i could kind of go okay well this makes sense you could see something that looks like a pair of pants walking through the sky i'm i'm willing to say that this happened it just wasn't what he thought it was i think haunted pants hmm. is the kind of line a teenager would use on his girlfriend to get a handjob. Yeah, exactly. Take off my now pants. my pants are haunted. <laughs> the pants are you know, haunted. The, help, help out the sisterhood of the traveling pants. That's how they traveled. Yeah. They walked through the sky. You don't believe me? Look, my undies are full of ectoplasm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for our, uh, yes. our uh, TOFOP, our TerraFOP spooktacular. Um, we've got a bit of mail, just a couple bits of mail to get through. There was a letter I didn't read last week because I was convinced that maybe we'd read it before. Oh, yes. and? But much like Chris Pratt, Chris Bratt, uh, turns out I was mistaken. Okay, uh, great. We haven't read it before, so we can get to that. But before we do that, let's uh, point people to our website, tofop.com, which houses many great podcasts, including one called Glossophy, who is on this week, Will. Uh, this week, well, so we had Christian Van Vuren on last week from The Big Deal. Watch that on ABC iView. And we also had Declan Fay uh, from the Sweetest Plum podcast, one of Australia's funniest writers and storytellers, Declan Fay. So uh, that is an episode we recorded a few months ago, but is an excellent episode to um, uh, check in on. And then uh, I think Tosh Greenslade will be out by the time people are hearing this as well. So people might know Tosh's work from Mad as Hell, um, uh, the ScoMo Diaries, which is like a fictional diary, comedy diary you wrote of Scott Morrison, which is very funny. I recommend people check that out. Uh, but Tosh is on the show. But we have up until Christmas because we had banked a bunch of episodes and then anyway, we're going to have a really um, solid run of philosophy episodes up until Christmas, sometimes two per week uh, as we go and then have a bit of a fresh start in the new year. So um, get on the philosophy feed and um, yeah, get amongst it. Uh, and who's on Fofop this week? Oh, Justin. Justin Hamilton is back on a Fofop. We are recording that late at the stuff today. 
Uh, and if you go to Tofop TV uh, YouTube, you'll see Lessons for Life. Four brand new episodes uh, went uh, live on Monday. So uh, if you could go to that, give them a watch and a like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be amazing as well. And of course, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Tofop. Heaps of great bonus content up there. And also full videos of this show. So if you want to see our faces while you hear our voices, sign up to Patreon and you can watch the videos in full. Also on the YouTube channel, we put up uh, some clips each week. Um, Podcast Mike's been coaching me through how to post them. I I dumped them all at once last week, a bit like a a kid with a paper round. I was like, I'll just put them all in the gutter. And Mike's like, you know, maybe just space these out a bit, (laughs) get a chance people to sort of like watch and digest each clip on individual days rather than just like dumping it all at once. Uh, So uh, they generally come out the day of the show or the day after an episode of TOEFOP. But Will, some mail. So this letter that I didn't get to last week is from Judy. Judy, I apologize. Um, It's quite a long one. So this might even take us out at the end of the show. If there's time for one more, we'll do that. To Colin Fop. Hi, Will and Charlie. Let me thank you both. Uh, on behalf of all TOEFOP listeners. If you're a TOEFOP listener, do you feel comfortable with Judy thanking us? Yeah, absolutely. On your behalf? I reckon. I mean, if you're a listener, if you're a listener, do you... you... I I understand what you mean, but I just think she's speaking on behalf of... Like, maybe she is speaking on behalf of all TOEFOP listeners. She did a ring around. She said, I'm going to contact the boys. Have you got anything to pass on? (laughs) Uh, In all their many forms, the TOEFOP listeners, but especially on my own behalf, for helping us get through these unprecedented times, the discussions Will has had on philosophy has helped in knowing what we are, that we are not alone and what we are all struggling with in one way or another. But it's also given an insight into different perspectives and understanding of various topics. The laughs and sometimes stupidity of TOEFOP has often been the only bright spot in an otherwise dark and depressing day. And I'm sure we would all agree we need laughs now more than ever. Well, we like to keep people laughing so they can keep... Insert your own job <laughs> occupation after that point. <laughs> okay, but it's a slippery slope. See, I work for a legal firm, so I'm not a medical professional. And no, it's not exciting or as interesting as the challenges, uh, as the challenges for me are simply not to, sorry, let me say that. And no, it's not exciting or interesting. And the challenge challenges for me are simply not to go totally stir crazy. So I spend my days listening to podcasts while at work. I started listening to philosophy on the recommendation of two of my work colleagues. I soon stopped picking and choosing my favorite, or at least people known to me, and I went back through the entire catalog. This helped me get through quite a few weeks of work as I would only listen during business hours and would usually get through two a day. It came to the point where I felt I was gaining so much benefit from the podcast that I couldn't in all good conscience continue to listen for free and became a Patreon patron. Thank you. Eventually, of course, I ran out of episodes and had to wait for new episodes to arrive. Actually, on that point, um, I'm back in TOEFL HQ. So all those Patreon subscribers, anyone who signed up for $20 or more, anyone who sent us a letter via Patreon, fridge magnets and posters will be coming out this week. I've got you all bookmarked. Someone signed up this week, Will, for 40 bucks, And I feel like that's two posters. I mean, I don't know if he wants two posters, but I've got two versions. Should I send him two posters, you reckon? Yeah, send, send both, yeah. Send Not both. separately, though, together. Yeah. Let's cut down on our costs a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, eventually ran out of episodes and I waited for the new ones to arrive. So I started listening to TOEFOP. I started with a random episode, which happened to be the start of Charlie's Bin Saga. I laughed so much I couldn't work and I had tears running down my face. I thought that I wouldn't be able to listen to TOEFOP at work, but persisted. On your advice, I started the latest episodes and worked my way backwards. Now that I have the gist of what is going on, I can listen to them at work most of the time without making it obvious that I'm listening to something hilarious. Although there are times when people have come up to check that I'm okay as I have my head down, shoulder shaking, wiping my eyes with the <laughs> tissue. I think the episode A Box Full of Arseholes actually made me laugh out loud. <laughs> but luckily the person I sit closest to is one of the people who recommended the podcast so they understand entirely. Having got so much enjoyment out of both podcasts, I felt I should contribute more. So in order to get... The bonus episodes of TOEFOP, I've now become a patron of TOEFOP 2. Yes, only at the minimum level, but still, hey, it all bloody helps. It all bloody helps. I've now run out of TOEFOP episodes and have to wait for the new ones, so I thought I'd try some other podcasts you've both recommended. However, none of them appeal quite as much as Philosophy and TOEFOP, 
So, as you guessed it, I'm now listening to Fofop. <laughs> Great. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, there's one called Fofop that you could definitely check out. <laughs> I can now understand entirely the difficulty with trying to explain to the uninitiated what the podcasts are about. But why, about why, and why they are so good. And believe me, I can guarantee you, I'm not one of your usual demographics. I like that. That's the equivalent of going to a strip club and going, I'm not like the rest of these losers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here with some level of separation. Yes. Yeah. It's my mate's, uh, it's my mate's bachelor party. Yeah. That's the only reason that I'm listening. So, from those of us in the legal industry, although this may not be something we should aspire to, please keep us laughing so we can keep. Litigating? Correct. Thanks very much, Judy. And she's included her address. And even though, uh, oh no, she's the Patreon member. So she's included her address. So you know what, Judy? You're going to get yourself a fridge magnet. Um, and that is Tofop for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. All the support is fantastic. Remember to go to Tofop TV on YouTube, watch Lessons for Life, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Anderson.